Trying to be doing that bullshit. bullshit, bullshit. Welcome back, BS with Brian Simpson. We're here. Can I? What can I do right here? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, today has been a damn. I mean, this last couple of weeks has been so damn crazy. Um, on the road, orange. So what? What you know? What's going on with me this uh this week? Um, wow. Oh, first of all. So I was, I I did a a, a, a one nighter with uh, some comic friends of mine, um, Josh and Chase, right? And uh, and we were we we were going from Los Angeles to Vacaville, which is, I mean, I guess the closest major city is uh, Sacramento. It's about a you know, it's about a six hour six and a half hour drive if you don't care about the law. About seven and a half, eight hour drive, you know, if you, you know, what you stopping and that sort of thing. So we about, we about three, four hours into this drive. It's hot as shit this day. I don't remember how hot it was, but it was hot. And, um, and you know, we were, we, we were all, we were some, we're some windows down kind of people. So anyway, we're, st- we st- we're stopping at our second or third truck stop to get gas, you know, snacks, water, that sort of thing. And about halfway into it, you know, about maybe 10 minutes into it, I, you know, I noticed like, oh shit, Josh is taking, a, he's taking a long time in the bathroom. I, and I say to Chase, yo, you think you been in there for a minute? Like, you think you're all right? And right after that, like I spoke it into existence, he comes out with this concerned look on his face. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Oh shit. Shit. What's what's wrong? What's what's happening? He comes up to the car, he's like, I got bad news. Now me, you know, I've been a I've been a comic for um damn near nine years now. And I've been in this situation dozens of times. More than that. Fifty times I've been in this situation, you know, where where I'm at a rest stop, boom, 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 boom. And, you know, a few of those times I got bad news. That's happened before, too. Now, so I'm assuming the worst thing he's possibly going to say is the show's canceled. That's happened to me a hundred times where, you know, I'm on my way and the show's canceled. Uh, You know, or the day of or the day before, you know. So it's it's probably happened to me like 10 times where I've been like that deep into a trip and then something happened, you know, with the show. But that's not what Josh says. He says even worse. The last thing I would even imagine that he would say. I flushed the keys down the toilet. The car keys. <gasps> what? You fl- How? Right, I had that same exact reaction. How did you flush the keys down the toilet? How, like, how does that happen? It turns out, you know, um, it turns out this truck stop in the middle of, uh, what was the name of the town? I think it was Colingus. This this truck stop in the middle of Colingus is the one place, is the one business in California that sprang for the tip-top notch uh, automatic flushing toilets. Because everywhere else I've ever been that don't... The, the, you know, you gotta wave your hand a couple times for this motherfucker to register. But like this joint, and he wasn't bullshitting. This toilet was on the money, bro. Like so, as he's getting up, the keys just fall off his hip, boom, or fall out his pocket. I don't know, you know, how he takes his shits or whatever. But you know, and this this could happen to anybody. I've done shit like that. I don't know what the circumstances were, but obviously, you know. This happened. Boom. He knows right away as he's getting up. He knows what that sound is. Right? Anyone would. Your keys just fell in the toilet. You know what I mean? And, and, and keep in mind, this is all happening in one split second. You know what I mean? Keys hit the toilet now. Uh, if, if you anything like me, which I know he had the same reaction I would have had. Um, I'm grabbing these motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, look, whatever I gotta wash when it's all over with, so be it. But I'm I'm reaching for these things. I'm not gonna just, you know. But it, but this toilet sensor 
so sensitive that him him move him turning around to grab the key it made it flush. Boom, keys are gone. <laughs> the car keys, what do? Now see, you mind me and Chase are sitting in the car at a gas pump, you know, and so I can't even imagine what. I can't even imagine what was going through his head. Maybe that's why he was in there for so long. He was just sitting there like thinking like, oh shit, like I'm fucked. Because we're stuck here. We literally, we, we're stuck in, in Colingus. You know, it's like that, that, that is the immediate situation is we can't leave this truck stop, <laughs> you know, in this town that I ain't never heard of. It, I think honestly, I mean, I think it's one of those towns that's just a truck stop. You know, those towns. If there's nothing like it's only it's like one apartment building and and four truck stops. That's it. It's like a place where it's like a place where you just see mad semi trucks just parked, just hundreds. You know, it's one of them type of situations. So it's like, where where are we? How long are we going to be here? Um, now he then he so he comes out of the bathroom. He tells the manager that his keys are down the toilet and i don't know if she, if it was her or if she grabbed a maintenance person or whatever but uh an older mexican lady <laughs> he you know she gets involved and he tells her yo um i keep I drop, my keys are flushed down the toilet like where you know is the and she just goes it's underground it's underground. As if to say, you fucking idiot. What do you think we're gonna do about that? that like that. That's how I would have. That's how I would have interpreted it. It's like it's underground. Just very matter of factly, like, like them Jones gone. You know, you might as well have told her, he might as well have told her that he uh, that he melted them. You know, she's like, what, what do you want me to do? So then, bam. So we on the phone with Triple A. So here's the, here's the other thing. Nobody was upset. I wasn't upset. Chase wasn't upset. Josh wasn't upset. I mean, he was he was he was worried, but he was he he was more worried because he thought that he like inconvenienced us. But it's like, bro, we out here. I mean, that was my attitude. We look, we look, we out here. You know what I mean? It's like I'm you know me getting upset ain't gonna solve nothing. Cause our whole thing was, you know, are can we still make it to the show? You know, we we're we're three and a half hours away. The show starts in four hours. Um, you know, or no, no, the show started. In, I think the show started in five hours. Because our plan was just to get there early, right? Because you with LA, you gotta with LA traffic and shit just to get out of LA on a weekday. Like if you don't leave, you gotta either leave early. A few hours early so you can get out of LA before traffic hit. Or you or you gotta leave mad late and like after rush hour and like haul ass, which is impossible when you go on somewhere that's eight hours away. So you gotta leave early. So we our plan was just to be mad early and you know, you know, go get some food or whatever. But now we don't even know we're going to be on time because we don't know what the whole process is going to be to get us out of the situation. It's not something that happens to people very often, even though I might be wrong about that because. Uh, so we get on the phone with AAA or he gets on the phone with AAA, you know, they they giving them all kind of because, you know, AAA just they just contract with tow companies and shit. So they're like, yeah, well, we could definitely get you a tow. All right, and we can de- and we'll definitely put money towards a key. All right, you know we'll get you with this company for the tow and that company for the key. Right, so then we get we get in contact with th- with those companies, and the tow is fine. The tow can tow us to Sacramento, which is close to Vacaville, right? And the key guy um, can't get us a key till tomorrow. Right, and none of us planned on spending the night. We was gonna drive to Vacaville, hit the sh- get, did the show, and drive back. That was the plan. So none of us was prepared to have to spend the night nowhere. But boom, we were still nobody was in bad spirits or nothing. We just, you know, it just was what it was, right? So then, 
I don't know what ends up happening to where we we he gets in contact with some other person and he shows up and he has a van specifically for this situation. You feel me? There's a van specifically for this. Like, <laughs> so maybe it is a booming business. Maybe it happens more often than, uh, than, than I imagine. I mean, maybe it isn't people's keys in the toilet, but for whatever reason, maybe more people need car keys emergency, you know, cause this dude was ready, you know? And, you know, obviously the problem is that we were in Colingus. I mean, if we had been in a major city, this would, this would have been a blip. But because we were in Colingas, it was a whole ordeal. Because, I mean, how many of those people are in Colingas? I mean, this guy must have a monopoly on it. And I, and I won't forget, he saved our ass, but I won't forget, he, the truck he pulled up in, it had the, the words, the, 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 the names of the services he provided was in English. And underneath it, it was in, there was a word in Spanish, but it was spelled wrong. And I, what the fuck was the name of the word? Was it Securitodos? Well, so it was like it was just what was it? Coin, whatever. Um, but uh, long story short, we made it to the show. I know, and I know this. Dude, I don't see. I don't know what the going rate is for this, but I know this. This dude definitely overcharged us, and I know he overcharged us because Josh tried to give him a tip, and he wouldn't take it. You know, it was one of them things. It's like when you, when you, cause that's how you, it's like you, you already fucking somebody to the maximum degree that you're comfortable with. And then they try to throw extra and you're like, nah, 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 you good. Nah, that's what, that's, but I'm, that's me being cynical and suspicious of everyone. Um, but also locksmiths in particular are garbage human beings. Like, let's just put that out there. I, I've never had a good experience with a locksmith. Now I've always been impressed with locksmiths. You know, I think, when you're outside that world, the ability to get into locks is impressive. You know, they, they it's in action movies, MacGyver, all that. Picking locks is, is impressive. They know all the secrets. You know what I mean? They could easily be around robbing people and stealing from people because locks are bullshit, most of them, right? Um, and, and you don't realize that, like, your locks on your doors and all that, that shit make you feel very safe till you call a locksmith and that nigga pops it off in five minutes. And you're like, how the fuck he do that? He ain't even had the key to this motherfucker. So, but every time I've had to deal with a locksmith, it's like extortion. You know, they, because it's one of those situations where they, you are never dealing with a locksmith. You are rarely dealing with a locksmith in a situation that is not urgent. It's usually some sort of emergency. Maybe you changing the locks on your ex. Maybe you locked yourself out of this or that. Maybe you dropped your keys down the toilet. But but very rarely are you dealing with a locksmith and you're like, you know, get them to me when you can. No, you need that shit today, like right now. So that's why, you know, most of the most of the time when you encounter them, they know that they know that you. The last locksmith I dealt with, I was I was uh, I don't know what what was going on. My boy was. I think I dropped him off at the dentist or something with his rental car. Right. I don't know what, what the reason was that I was driving the car, but I, I had his rental car for just for the afternoon. I think I, he just needed me to drop him off somewhere. So I did and then drove it back home, but I locked the keys in the car, you know, and I'm sitting there like, I'm so mad because it's like this car is due back today. So I got to get the keys and this can't drive for whatever the reason is. So I called the locksmith and over the phone, I forget what they quoted me, but let's just say for the sake of argument, it was like, you know, it was like, uh, you know, $75 or something like that. I'm like, all right, bet that. Locksmith shows up real quick too. got there in like 10 minutes, shows up, walks up to the car, puts some little device in the in the window and pumps it up to like move to like move the glass out of the way and then sticks a slim jim down there or whatever tool you know he probably got some like you know slim jim platinum or whatever but sticks a a a tool down in there and and it's basically he's ready like it took it took him it took him literally 
maybe 15 seconds to get to the point where he could unlock the car. He was already ready and he just he just had his hand on the handle. All he had to do was pull and the car would be open, right? And he's like, okay, that'll be $150. And I was like, what? That's double what the bitch on the phone said. You, what do you mean? He was like, I don't know what she's talking about. This is what it costs. You know what I mean? You want this door open or what? The, and they do, and, 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 and they, that's how they do you. They'll do you like that every time because they know like you're at that moment. Like it's a, it's a reason why he didn't say that when he pulled up. Right. Cause they get you right up to that moment where you're like, yes, finally, this is over with what extra. So that's why I'm suspicious of that dude, you know, um, lock because locksmiths are, that's how they are. And the type of person that becomes a locksmith, it ain't a nigga that love locks. You know what I mean? Nobody has a passion for locks. Very few people do. You know, there's no, you know, I mean, sure, maybe, you know, there's a there's a Michael Jordan of locksmiths out there with a with a dope YouTube channel or some shit, but but uh but mostly they're just garbage people. And it's a good business to be in if, if all you care about is money and you don't have that much of a conscience. Um Yeah. But we ended up making it to Vacaville. We had a good show. Um I saw some my, my some funny comics that I'd never heard of, which is one of my favorite things to 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 uh to encounter. And we made it back home. Everything went everything ended up going according to plan, right on time, you know. Um so I don't know what the moral of that story is, but I want to move on to major news. A Chinese murder suspect was caught by AI software that spotted dead person's face. Police say a man from Fujian province was detained while trying to burn body on remote farm after strangling girlfriend. Holy shit, what? Online lender contacted officers after its verification software spotted that the victim's eyes weren't moving. Stop. So wait a minute. That's a that's a lot of that's a that skipped a lot of information. Okay, that oh those are just the bullet points. A man accused of murdering his girlfriend in Southeast China was caught after facial recognition software suggested he had tried to scan a dead person's face to apply for a loan. My nigga, are you retarded? I mean, really? How how mentally diminished do you have to be to try to apply for a loan? with the credentials of a person you murdered. They told you to scan her face, my dude. She dead. He he, he ain't even like use an old picture of her. None. He scanned her dead body. Wow. 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 Officers in Fujian province said the 29-year-old named Ms. Shang was caught while trying to burn the body on a remote farm, but they had been tipped off by an online lending company after its software could find no signs of movement in the victim's eyes. Wow, man. It's getting hard out here for a murderer. Zhang is suspected of strangling his girlfriend with a rope in Xiamen on April 11th after they argued about money and she threatened to leave him. He then allegedly went on the run with the body hidden in the boot of a rented car. (sighs) Boot is what the weirdos call a trunk. Zhang is also accused of pretending to be the unnamed victim and contacting her employers via her WeChat account to ask for time off. Okay, now that that was a little that was a little smart. Okay, I'll give you that. Ask for time off. She's gonna disappear. But you should have took a picture of her. You should have took a picture of her while she was alive. See, this is the this is the dark, nasty, seedy side of Americans right here you know we (laughs) why do we root for the for the villain why why does it bother us when criminals make mistakes like easy mistakes we always like oh damn if you had just oh just kept your glove on right there it's why does why does a part of us want them to win hmm anyway when he arrived in his hometown the next day, the police was waiting on that ass. Stupid. You got greedy. 
How you, I never understand people that like kill other people for money. You already with her. It's like if you, you know, because I'm gonna tell you something right now. Your biggest suspense, my nigga, is just having a girlfriend. Break up with her if you having money trouble. I mean, if you, I'm saying, if you having money trouble and you with a girl that you willing to kill to solve those problems, maybe, maybe step one is break up with her. That's gonna cut off. That's gonna cut out about about a fourth of your expenses. Right there. Be single. Live below your means. Stack your cheese. Get a girl that's willing, that's got more money than you, or willing to take out a loan, or whatever the situation uh, might be. But murdering somebody over money, oh, and not just money, my nigga, but a loan. A loan for what? And how was you gonna, how were you gonna spend that money? You take out a loan in her name. The money goes into her account from her bank. How you gonna get that? What you gonna do? You gonna go? And as she's missing, my nigga. So as she's missing, now you're gonna be walking up to these ATMs that that are also scanning your face. You're okay, and on top of that, you're in the most heavily surveilled country in the world, probably, electronically speaking. So 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 and so now you're you're you you're you're doing all this other little clever shit to try to get away with this crime. But then you're using technology. I mean, you're using technology to try to profit off it. Like you apply for a loan electronically with a picture of her dead face. Then you then one day, let's say you get the loan. So now you got to go to all these ATMs to withdraw money. And now that's also scanning your face. And now and your girlfriend's missing. Like my dude, like what are you, what are you, what are you thinking about? Don't you realize? I mean, haven't we, aren't we obsessed enough with true crime shows and shit like that? Don't you realize that if you're dating someone and they end up dead or missing, that you're gonna be the first person they look at? At the at the very least, you'll be the second person. The only reason they won't look at you first is if you did. They might look at the person that found the body first. So one or two is either the person that found the body, they try to rule them out right away, and or the significant other is because because nine times out of ten when something when something happens to a woman, especially, it's the person she's dating. So they're gonna look at you immediately, my nigga. Like I mean, so yeah, you got a couple of weeks off work off the WeChat, which is weird, but you did that. Yeah, but after three weeks, after four weeks, like uh, they gonna know she missing, right? And then they gonna realize that she took out a loan right before she went missing. And then they gonna realize that your ass is on vacation, and you didn't report her missing. And <laughs> I, mean, I just mean you. Why do you think you could get away with this? Maybe that's maybe that's why maybe that's the part of us that 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 roots for the villain. Maybe it's not that we want him to win. Maybe it's just that it's hard to watch somebody do something stupid. You know, it's hard to watch stupidity in action. It's some of the most entertaining shit in the world. But it's also part of you just like, come on, dude. It's like watch. It's like being embarrassed for someone. Like, are you that fucking stupid? You ain't got no gloves on. You out here murdering people with no gloves in 2019? <laughs> Ooh, wait, you out here murdering girlfriends and then using their face <laughs> to try to get a load? Ah. That's, yeah, I guess it ain't just America, guys. New chicken craze. Popeye's launches fried chicken sandwich. Okay, listen, guys. This whole viral thing. I was on a hike today with my with uh with the homie uh Derek Poston. They uh him and Asanama both actually, and they have a podcast called Sport of Beans. Go check that out if you're not familiar. Um, it's very very entertaining. Um, <clears throat> but we were on a hike today, and we got to arguing about this Popeye's chicken sandwich. You know, because they wanted to, Derek wanted to go after the hike and check out the sandwich, cause he heard it was bomb. And I was like, that sandwich ain't worth waiting in line for. 
even though I never had tasted the sandwich. But neither one of us had ever had this sandwich. But to me, I feel like it was just this weird fake viral marketing shit. Now, I'm pretty sure the sandwich is bomb. I mean, uh, Popeye's, I mean, they, they, they don't usually release, you know, you know what you're getting when you go to Popeye's, you know. So, um, but I did not know this fact, okay, because this might, this might have changed um, the way this might have changed my opinion of it because you know it's like can the sandwich be that good or is it just one of those things that's trending and everyone's just hopping on the bandwagon right but then I learned this little fact there is a restaurant called Sweet Dixie Kitchen right and you may remember this from it was it wasn't that long ago it was either late last year or early early this year early 2019 but Sweet Sweet Dixie Chicken got caught goddamn uh selling Popeye's chicken right so oh no it was it was it was long it was two years ago two years ago a small southern themed restaurant in Long Beach California became national media fixation when the owner got busted for reheating Popeye's fried chicken tenders and serving them to customers as part of a chicken and waffle special without disclosing the original uh, the origin of that first ingredient and now in a bizarre but marketing savvy twist Popeye's is teaming up with the Popeye's Gate restaurant Sweet Dixie Chicken to help launch a new product the chain's first ever chicken sandwich a buttermilk battered chicken filet on a brioche bun with pickles and mayo will be sold at Sweet Dixie Chicken today and tomorrow as a teaser before it lands on Popeye's menus nationwide next Monday August 12th so that was about two weeks ago Popeye's also filmed this commercial with the mastermind of the original Chicken Hoax restaurant tour, Kimberly Sanchez, recounting the story of the scandal and the Yelp drama that ensued. After explaining her partnership with Popeye's on this new product launch, Sanchez remarks that the universe is having a great sense of humor. Now, uh, someone then wrote an article um, a few a few uh, days later. Uh, or tweet no it was a it was a tweet it was a tweet on twitter and i don't know if it was from the official popeye's account or from someone else's account but it was basically like you know if you want a chicken sandwich without a political drama or that doesn't hate gays or something to that effect you know popeye's has a better one or whatever which was which was a veiled shot at chick-fil-a right which um it, which some people which a lot of the gay community um which a small portion of the gay community and gay and the lgbtq plus community and allies, a small percentage um, are very anti-Chick-fil-A because they were, the owner was donating money, uh, you know, against LGBTQ plus issues, right? And so that's a very small percentage of community. And then there's a larger percentage of the community and allies that pretend to not go to Chick-fil-A. Um, you know, is it that good? It's good. It's good fast food chicken. It is. Um, uh, but also, I think it's a little silly to moralize uh, other people's purchases when you're an American citizen. And like, it, it, you know, it's one thing when, when stuff like this is brought to the to the surface. When people go, oh, someone found out that the owner of Chick-fil-A was donating to anti-LGBTQ uh, causes, right, or, or, or initiatives. And it's like now that's the thing that you have to not fuck with or, or you hate gay people, you know, or you hate queer people. And and that's to me, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to moralize someone else's purchases, because I guarantee that if you do, if you if you do enough digging, which you, you don't because you're American. Right. You if you do enough digging, you are with your dollars supporting some atrocity. Something that you would never be want to be associated with supporting and you and you avoid the shame of that by just being willfully ignorant. You know, you don't you don't investigate where you buying your clothes from. You don't investigate, you know, anything that's more than if it's more than two steps away from you. You don't you don't want to know if you live in America. It's just that simple. There, there's usually a slave on the other end of every deal or somewhere in the middle. And we do our best to try to avoid it. But then once once it comes to the surface, 
and we and we can't pretend we don't know, then everyone then there's all this like bullshit ass outrage. You know what I mean? Or people. Same thing happened with the NFL, right? Um, the NFL never got the chicken sandwich. By the way, we went tried to go by there, and they were out of chicken sandwiches until October first. They said so. That's the one near me. Um, but same thing happened with the NFL, where it was like there was a point where black people were supposed to be boycotting the NFL for the last two or three seasons since Kaepernick got blackballed or whatever. I don't know who's doing that. I know I, I hear a lot of people talking like they're doing it, but then you catch a nigga slipping and they mention a stat or a highlight. And it's like, why you keep a track, my nigga? You know what I mean? Why? Because it's, it's like you, it's like you have to pretend like you like you are not watching football. <laughs> you know what I mean? And in reality, and, and so the, the reason that it, that's even connected is because recently, um, this week or either last week, Jay Z, Jay Z was uh, announced. He had like, he had a press conference with Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the National Football League. And he basically announced that he had a partnership with the NFL. He would uh, be in charge of their entertainment. Um, he would be um, his uh, his uh, company would would head these diversity initiatives and like uh, you know programs to address some of the issues of black players or whatever. But and a lot of people immediately their immediate reaction was like he's a sellout. You know, he should have discussed this with Kaepernick first, blah, 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 blah. Kaepernick's girlfriend, for some reason, is always chiming in. Um, and so here's a few key facts here, folks. I don't understand this outrage at Jay-Z because Jay-Z's response was, you know, look, now it's time for action. We knelt, but kneeling didn't change anything. Kneeling brought attention to it. Now it's time to change things. That makes perfect sense to me, because because this, this is what I, this is what I don't like. Because this again, this is this is a very a, a huge like similarity in the black community and the LGBTQ community, and it's that there's a lot of things we. It's like it's like if you are in this category, then you're supposed to feel a certain way about things, and if you don't, then you're in a, like you, you know if you don't. If you don't think Jay-Z's a coon, then you not black enough or you not a real nigga or you a sellout or you a coon too. No, nigga, I just think for myself. That's all it is. I don't think, I don't have a problem with what Jay-Z did because, because what, you know, what, is Jay-Z doing harm somehow? Is the, it was the end game for Kaepernick to get a job? Because look, let's be real right here. Let's here's here's a couple facts for you. Because not cause, so also it wasn't just Colin Kaepernick that knelt during the national anthem. Colin Kaepernick um, was kneeling during the national anthem to protest police violence. Right. Um, this was years ago, four years ago, maybe five years ago, um, and that combined with his uh, slowly declining quarterback play got him blackballed from the league. No doubt about it. No doubt. Teams were not picking him up because so many uh, white Americans were upset. They like, oh, he's disrespecting the flag. He disrespecting the troops. He disrespecting police. Whatever the fuck, right? Which is bullshit. But, um, but then Kaepernick. So it wasn't just Kaepernick. It was him and uh, uh, Eric Reed, which who's a who's a safety, right, in the NFL. So they were both sort of the faces of it. They were more players, but they were both sort of the faces of it. Um, um, uh, also a handful of white players also um, but it was a big thing right and Kaepernick sued the NFL for collusion he thought the teams were colluding to keep him out of the league which they definitely were um, but the NFL notoriously shady organization that they are um, they are scared to death to open their books in open court because that's a matter of public record and you know they've been cooking the books for 50, 50 plus years, you know? So, you know, if there's a situation like that, you know. So anyway, Colin Kaepernick settled. He has a secret settlement with the NFL. And that is not a secret. You know, we don't know the, ter the, the terms of the settlement are a secret. But the fact that they settled is not a secret. So my nigga, you got blackballed by the league. You settled, got the bag, I'm sure. Also got the endorsement from Nike, I'm sure. 
And now you now you upset from the sidelines because Jay-Z is taking action or also getting a check from the NFL. And that's another thing, too. A lot of people are assuming that Jay-Z is making some kind of huge profit from this. And um, and while I wouldn't be surprised at that, I don't see any evidence of that. N- literally, none of the terms of Jay-Z's agreement with the NFL um, have been made public as far as I know. So everything else, everything is just speculation to the, at this point. Um, but the thing is, Kaepernick didn't start that initiative. Kaepernick didn't, um, you know, he didn't make that a term of, terms of his settlement that there would be an initiative that he would be part of it none of that he took that money and shut the fuck up that's why his girlfriend tweeting and not him because he ain't allowed to talk about it you know what i mean it's it's like one of those things because i remember the nike i remember the nike ad the nike ad said uh uh what did it say believe in something even if you got to sacrifice everything or something to that effect Right. So it's like if you believe in if you believe in this cause that much, it didn't look like you sacrificed much, my dude. Why would you settle with the very organization that you're trying to topple? You know what I mean? Because this because the the thing is, too, is the initial when Kaepernick was initially kneeling, the protest was never about him having a job as a as a quarterback in the NFL. You know what I mean? It's like you expect the all of our people to to to, to come behind you because you can't be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, that's to me that is that's derailing the movement in such a weird way, dude. Because first of all, Colin Kaepernick didn't invent protesting police brutality. You know, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, and at first, what he was doing was bringing attention to the movement. Now I feel like this is sort of co-opting the movement in a, in a bit for your own personal gain, which is the thing that people are, with no real basis, accusing Jay Z of doing. But none of them same people wasn't mad at Kaepernick for that settlement. And then let me get to Eric Reed, the NFL safety Eric Reed, who was sort of um, short-term blackballed by the NFL, but now he is an NFL safety, and he came out and straight up just called Jay-Z a, you know, I don't remember his exact words, but he basically called him a coon, a traitor, said he wasn't out there kneeling. You know, and it's like, my nigga, kneeling didn't do anything. Like, kneeling kneeling isn't isn't action. It didn't change anything. You know what, you understand what I'm saying? Also, my dude, you take a check from the NFL. Like, you're not willing to give up your money for the cause so what do you what how do you have any room at all to call somebody else out like i don't get that in fact in fact this is my this is my other point how can you be mad at jay-z and you're not mad at every other black player every other black star in the nfl that kept playing because i guarantee you if we if if all the black stars in the nfl would would refuse to play until Kaepernick got a job? That nigga would be working tomorrow. They could get anything they want. If the black players simply refuse to play, they they could get whatever they want. Because the, the truth is, the NFL doesn't give a shit about its black fans. They don't care what we want. I mean, because we don't, we're not, we don't, we are not consistently united on an issue, you know, cause I'm down. Like, don't get me wrong. I see, I still watch football. No, I mean, I don't, I don't give the NFL any money, um, you know, but, but I, I watch the games when I can, or at least the highlights, um, I'm definitely not as emotionally invested as I used to be, so I don't, I'm not like obsessively following it. But I watch the highlights every now and then. And the reason I don't feel guilty at all about doing it is because, listen, I would be down for a protest if we was really going to do it. But I'm not with the slacktivism, bro. I'm not with the like being down for the cause on social media and then sneaking and watching the game. Like, wh- like what the fuck is that about? I don't I don't understand it at all. I mean, I do understand it. It's like the new generation to them, social media is realer than real life. You know, I think some people like they don't realize like that's not who you really are. You who you are on Instagram and Twitter and all that, that's not who you really are. 
But a lot of people put, they put way more energy into that than they do into their real self, you know? And so, and, and I'm not even saying that as a negative, that's just the reality of where we, where we are now, the, 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 the digital natives, if you will, you know, social media, people that have grown up with social media, like from birth, those kids, you know, that like that generation, they're the ones that push this narrative. You know, they're the ones that decide what everyone's talking about. And to them, what happens online does matter. Now, to me, it doesn't have any real world impact if it's not followed up by real world action, which most of the time it is not, you know, like the NFL thing, like the Chick-fil-A thing, you know. Now, I kind of do want to taste this sandwich, but I just don't want to wait in line for it. You know, Popeye's might might flip. Um, they they have a hit on their hands. I mean, um, I didn't know they partnered with this other restaurant to make a better sandwich. I mean, I don't understand how you've been in business as long as Popeye's and you haven't figured out, my nigga, that a brioche bun and some pickles is bomb with anything. You know, I don't even know what makes bread brioche, but I know when I see that word, I know the bread's going to be bomb. You know, that's just, that's where I'm at with it. <sighs> um, moving on, other weird ass uh, news from this. Oh, I see, I don't even know. 40 person brawl at Raging Waters started over a beach towel. Raging Waters was shut down early Sunday afternoon after a large fight that started over a beach towel nearly killed a man. Now, what is Raging Waters, dude? Please tell me somebody. What is it? Is it a damn... Oh, it's a water park. Okay, well, that makes perfect sense. Okay. The 40-person... Oh, this is in Sacramento. The 40-person brawl began around 3.30 p.m. by the Lazy River picnic area after a disagreement between two women over who took whose beach towel. Wow, how'd that turn into a 40-person fight? Like, can't... Because this is one person failing to tell one of them to calm the fuck down. You know? Because I get it. I've I've dated and I've witnessed relationships that contained an impossible woman. You know, an impossible spouse. And I, and I know, like, when you're in a relationship with somebody that got you walking on eggshells... Especially if if you're dating a woman that already got you walking on eggshells, when she gets upset, the word the last thing you want to say is calm down. Because that's just gonna that's gonna t- that's gonna take it from from a small fire to nuclear explosion, right? So, but come on, in this situation, it's like when you're dealing with other people's families and you out in the sun and it's a fucking towel, it's like that's when you got to really be serious and like, yo, shut the fuck up. Shut up. You, you see, everybody, see, we always be out here trying to check other people instead of checking the people that's with us. No arrests were made, but all the people involved in the fight were identified, photographed, and released. How did somebody go to the hospital and nobody gets arrested? That's how you know these ain't black people. They would have arrested all them niggas and figured it all out later. <laughs> Over a beach towel, my dude. See, this is why my friends is always trying to get me to go to like big, big things like this. This is why I don't fucking do that. I'm not trying to be in a large group of strangers that's all drunk. I wasn't even down for that shit when I was 20. I think I went to spring break like three times. And you know what? I had a progressively worse and worse time every time (laughs) because it's just drunk strangers. Like I've never had a good time in that environment, bro. That's what see. Oh, it take you till you get old to figure that out. Old folks know what's up. You show up to the party. You show up an hour late. You know, this is what young people do. They show up late and stay late. You know, but the wise man, you show up to the party early. That way, the person throwing the party know you was there, right? Then you leave early. 
That's the move. You show up early. You have fun while everybody's tipsy, where everybody's on their first, second, maybe third drink. You leave before that fourth drink. You, you should be gone before the last person get there. Because I'm just not trying to do it. It's always, it's always smoke. You know what I mean? And it's not your smoke. But you involved because you with a fucking large. That's another thing. I don't like going out in large groups. Even if it's like, you know, I don't want to be with fucking 15 of my friends walking in somewhere. That's 15 um, wild cards. This is just, again, guys, don't be like me. Don't be cynical. Don't be mistrustful of everyone. You know, but I'm I'm already at that point. You know, just statistics will fuck you up, man. Fuck math. Don't no, but but it's like just it's just so likely the more people that are in your group, the more likely it is that something's gonna go wrong. Okay? And then the more people in your group that are fucked up, the more likely it is that you're gonna have to take care of that thing that went wrong. And by you I mean me. You know, and now has someone ever had to take care of me when I got too fucked up? Sure, of course, of course it has. And I would go out and get drunk with those people. But since I got since I got out of the service, I might have met maybe five people that I would go out and get fucked up with, like where we both fucked up. You know what I mean? Because I already, I know the moves they gonna make. But, when, you know, but again, not in a big ass group, the bigger that group gets. First of all, another thing, the more likely it is that it's somebody in a group that you don't know. You don't know how they're going to react when it's, it's more likely it's somebody in the group that you've never seen drunk. OK, because the kind of drunk somebody is tells you a lot about what kind of person they are. You know, some people get drunk and get out of control. They get violent. You know, they get insecure. You know, they get angry. They want to fight. Some people get drunk and they they happier than when they sober. You know, I like a happy drunk. Some people get drunk and they just won't shut the fuck up. They'll just keep telling you the same story over and over again. Some people get depressive. They start talk, just talking about their problems. You know, I'm not trying to be around that motherfucker either. If I don't listen to your problems sober, don't t- don't try to tell me your problems when you're drunk because you're gonna keep telling me the same story again and again and again and again and again and again. And I'm cynical about that because I was a I was a door guy for so long. You know? I worked at a I worked the door at a bar for so long and it's and it's like people will literally you're you're a captive audience. When you're out when you're standing at that door, people will come out to smoke a cigarette or something, and every time they come out to smoke, they drunker than they were the last time. And they'll tell you the same story they told you the last time. And they think they're the only one doing it. But no, because as soon as they go in, you get five seconds of relief. Somebody else will come out and tell you a story they told you fucking 20 minutes ago. You know, and it make you so. And at first you try to be polite and listen. But I mean, after you do it for a couple of years, you're going to just be like, look, man, you already told me that story. I ain't trying to hear it again. You know, that's why you think like when you, <laughs> when you walk up on like the door people, that's why they be such assholes, man. Because they just deal with so many people bullshit constantly. So. You know, the slightest bit of bullshit or pushback from you and they're going to be a dick to you. You know, and I totally understand where that comes from. Um, uh, man, this is ooh, this is this is this is funny, but also scary. This is the headline. Estacada firefighters rescue woman stuck in septic tank, possibly for days. Days. Firefighters in Estacada rescued a woman they said was trapped in a septic tank, possibly for two or three days. They said she had to be flown to the hospital. Rescuers said they found her lying in raw sewage with her face just above it in a tank outside her <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine being so deep in literally so deep in shit that your nose is just barely sticking above the water for days? <sighs> Lord Jesus, just kill me now. And you can't even kill yourself because you got to drown. <laughs> and it's your shit, too. It's your shit. It's a tank 
full of your own shit for months of your own shit and somehow you ended up neck deep in this shit and nobody knows you out in rural wherever okay I gotta read the rest Um, official said she lives alone. It can, it can, it can be definitely a scary situation, especially sitting at the bottom of a septic tank, and you don't know that anybody's coming to get you. Yeah, no shit. Many homes in rural areas use underground septic tanks as a kind of private sewer to process and treat waste. Nobody would have heard her up there. Yeah, but how they find out? The next closest house was a couple of thousand feet away. Anderson told KTAU the call came Tuesday afternoon from the woman's daughter who hadn't heard from her mother since Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Woo! Good Lord. You better call your mama. Call my mama right goddamn now. She got concerned and went up to check on her and found her inside of the septic tank. It looks like there was work being done on the septic tank. There was a tractor in the area and a hole had been dug exposing the tank. And then she had fallen through about a two foot by two foot hole in kind of the rusted metal top of the tank. Oh, my God. Anderson said firefighters lowered down the handle of one of their tools she was able to grab a hold of that and sit up slightly and they were able to get some other poles. She was somewhat laying down with her face above the water level. Once we got her out, she was pretty weak. So we just got her straight onto the cot. She was taken by helicopter to a hospital in Portland due to concerns about the lack of oxygen in the tank and possible infection from being in contact with sewage for so long. Anderson said the woman did not want to be identified publicly he was unaware of her current condition as of Thursday. Jesus, poor fucking lady. Deep in shit, man. I think that's enough for me. I think that's enough for the day. I think I think I need to call my mom. Yeah, that's what I need to do. And you motherfuckers should go. You should do the same. You should do the same right now. Right goddamn now. Call your mama.